Nine minutes it is uh, before 8 p.m. And uh, we take a look at the big stories in the world of business. And joining me to take a look at all of these stories, I'm joined by Bandila Matandela, uh, who is a market analyst. Bandila, good evening to you and welcome, brother. Good evening, Aya. How are you doing this evening, man? I'm well, thanks. Yourself? I'm good. I'm good, good, I'm good. Bandila, maskash kalemonde fundin. Uh, where it seems the uh, new C-Class range rolling off the assembly line out at Mercedes-Benz in the port of East London. Yeah, probably the news of the day, right, indeed, uh, from indeed, an economic yeah. perspective. Um, and I think the Minister of um, Trade and Industry was also um, at, 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 at that particular uh, launch. Uh, I think uh, uh, quite good news coming from uh, East London, where we understand that um, the, the, the sort of the production of uh, the new C-Class uh, started today. And we understand that uh, we will be having the first vehicles coming off that assembly line by this weekend, which I think for me is quite significant, right, also from just a job creation perspective. We do understand that that $10 billion investment that was made uh, a couple of years ago, I think it was 2018, mm. um, it has created about 2,600 jobs um, from that's coming from Mercedes-Benz. So we're hoping that um, as we continue with sort of this production of the C-Class, more and more jobs are going to be created and hopefully sure, sure. Uh, sort of the economy is stimulated. Um, yeah, and I, and I mean, I, I certainly, you know, uh, love to hear an entity come out and say, you know, we're producing this in your country. It's some of the cutting mm. edge uh, technological advancements. And yes, of course, they've got robots on, on the production line, uh, but it's certainly for specific parts of the production line. And uh, the fact that you expand from just over 90 uh, markets that you were send, sending the old uh, C-Class to, mm. to now around 110 uh, I think it's something that certainly augurs well for um, one, our own economic strategy, but I guess diversifying the type of exports that come out of this country. Definitely, definitely. I, I mean, I think for me, it's, this is definitely just a good story all around. You know, and of course, what you're mentioning there, that expansion that's happening there and, and from a jobs front, you know, they're looking to create about 600 new jobs, mm. as we understand. So I think it fits in quite well with what we're trying to do as a country. So for me, this is one that really is a good story. And I think one, one thing, though, I do, you know, certainly hope for is that, you know, as we sort of um, expand and do and do all of these um, mm. factories, that the SMEs as well are considered in terms of the value chain, you know, exactly. perhaps yeah. if we can create certain roles in which they can also contribute. Mm. I mean, I think for me, the one aspect of it, and again, you know, it's a bit difficult, you know, I know the industry standard that was set from in terms of um, having, having, having about 60% of the parts produced in South Africa. This is not something that's going to be easily mm. met, of course, with Mercedes-Benz mm. saying that uh, their engine is still imported and they prefer uh, or going that route. You know, hopefully as we progress sure, and sure, as these sure. um, plants um, are progressing in South Africa, we will get to a point where even the engines mm. are manufactured in South Africa because I think that would be quite crucial and important for us. Definitely, definitely. And I think, I mean, this is the perfect opportunity for us to push hard on those things. Because yeah. one part of that, of course, Mandile, is, you know, the state of your component supply industry upstream yeah. and whether or not they're yeah. able to give you the components you need or the subcomponents of that engine. The other part is even much higher up that stream. Are we designing things that can feed into the sector so that, you know, at some stage, I mean, I, I don't understand people who sometimes say, yeah, we need a South African car. But at some stage, every car that might be assembled here in this country should have a significant part of its own intellectual property and design. Yep. Some of that being done here, because that's the valuable stuff, not the putting the metal together in some cases. Uh, but let's shift Celsi, man. Um, I find the story interesting because not so long ago, Blue Label Telecoms 
which um, you know uh, is uh, one of the uh, key shareholders there at yeah. uh, uh, at yeah. Celsi, uh, found themselves in a bit of a fix, especially in relation to Celsi. And a big part of that strategy at the time was to really free up a lot of operational and uh, capex as well, operational expenditure and some capex away from building a network, but rather yeah. piggybacking on the network of some of the big players, and in this case, MTN. Yeah. Uh, and it seems that uh, now, I guess, you know, this uh, story is moving so much that uh, there's all manner of other storylines that are being tagged onto it. You know, uh, value for the customer. Uh, what's the other one? You know, benefits from scale offering of digital services when we all know i think the whole start of it was uh, probably a capital structure fix uh, for blue label telecoms in south sea exactly i mean i think i think it's exactly that uh, i i mean of course you know we we we're not gonna uh, not look at um, the, the the benefits or the implications that might be for the customer yes, but i think yeah. in the essence of the strategy really was just around Re, 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 sort of restructuring their capital and sort of looking at lowering their operational costs. I mean, I think what well, one of the strategy well, the strategy at this point is to, decom- to sort of decommission um, some of their network sites. And as we understand now, they're sort of reporting on that strategy and they're saying that it's sort of going well, where they've decommissioned about 34% of their physical radio access network sites, mm. you know. And, and this is sort of fits into this move where, you know, once they've lowered the cost and then they're moving towards being a more digital um, network. And, of course, they, would, they did say, as you may correctly mentioned, that, that there will be piggybacking of, network, uh, of, of MTN in this particular case. So I think it's an interesting strategy for me, for, you know, Celsius, and I think it's going to present probably an interesting interesting uh, angle and player uh, within the um, sort of the telecommunication space you know because mm-hmm. uh, ideally what they're trying to do is reduce cost as much as possible and then then have this digital entity then remain profitable um it's an interesting strategy one that i think um uh, I personally, from a personal perspective, will be definitely watching it. Mm. I mean, we did hear the executives there, Selfie, coming out saying that if they were to try and compete or try and catch up with Vodacom and MTN, that they would have a requirement of about 1.5 billion investment a year just on 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 building um, these network sites. And 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 just you know, if you consider the fact that it would take them 18 years to even catch up on Vodacom and MTN, required that Vodacom and MTN don't increase in this particular in mm. time. You know, so I think to a certain extent they almost forced to go the strategy um, and it will be interesting to see them implement it but I think for me any progress um, from a South perspective is one that uh, uh, I'll look at um, very interestingly because as you say you know it's a company that has had a lot of financial issues and hopefully will finally have a uh, South Africa's is it their third or fourth telecommunications company um, mm. being profitable yeah 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 maybe a last one there because Finesca Smalek Candelo Les Mizalo here at the SABC uh, launching their 24-hour sports channels. But I want uh, maybe just some of your thoughts on this uh, story here, Bandile, of um, uh, adverts for junk food being banned uh, before 9 p.m. in the United Kingdom. Uh, Boris, it seems, has had a Damascus moment after getting COVID. Yeah, I think uh, after getting COVID and, of course, on the back of the pandemic and just, uh, of course, we do know just how hectic um, it was, you know, a lot of lives. Uh, there's, a, there's been reprioritization with the government of UK where they've now said that they're prioritizing obesity, mm. where I think a quarter of that pop- adult population actually is obese, so they're focusing on that. And they've announced that uh, there will be no uh, TV adverts um, uh, there'll be a, sort of an, a ban on, 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 on adverts before 9 p.m. that relate to food that have high sugar, salt, um, uh, sort of fast foods, chocolates, burgers. And I think it's just this bid on their side where they're trying to sort of have a country much healthier 
whether or not the strategy is going to work I, uh, is, is, is going to be an interesting. I suppose, I mean, on the kids, you know, if uh, from an early age they're not exposed to that on TV, right. um, it, will, yeah. it will sort of condition them to, to, to healthier eating. So I think it's an interesting one. And yeah, I think in the yeah. South African context, it's one that we've also sort of had a conversation about, maybe not to this extent, also relating to alcohol as well in South Africa, where we've sort of had this conversation of should we be banning uh, adverts? And maybe for me, the interesting part would be to, to ascertain to just how much influence those adverts mm. have so that mm. we can also look. I mean, you can imagine if you take off these ads, it might end up dropping revenues and sales from these particular companies. It will also be interesting to look at the economic impact of all of that. You know, sure, So I think sure. it's, it's it's probably easier to implement in a first world country. Yeah, and uh, I think in our yeah. in our context, we'd need to consider a lot of more implications. Yeah. But I think a very interesting one coming out of the UK. But we also, I guess, uh, would have to think, I mean, not only just in the context of the health burden, Nabandile, but mm, uh, mm, whether or mm. not this is a complement to other instruments. For instance, the sugar tax that uh, has been spoken mm, about yes, has certainly, yes. I mean, in the consumption of uh, soft drinks in this country, changed the uh, patterns of uh, sugar consumption because sometimes you just don't have a choice. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, I think it, it, would, it would have to be something that we really look at. I mean, I also, when I was thinking about it and I'm saying, you know, uh, on one hand, you know, you've got these companies that could potentially lose revenue. Yes. But maybe in the long run, then you've got, a people, you've got people shifting towards healthier options exactly. and then you've got a boost on the other side. So I think it would be something that we'd really need to look at sure, holistically. Sure. And as you mentioned, you know, we've already initiated the issue around um, sort of the, 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 the law around sugar mm. tax. So maybe it could be complementary to that. Yeah. I mean, I think a healthy country ultimately is a productive country. So it's something that I think as a country as well, we, we, we should be looking at and seeing sure, if there's any sure. key learnings that we can take from that. Awesome stuff. That there was Bandila Matandela helping us there with our wrap of the top business stories. We're going to shift quickly now, make a step change to the world of sport, where we are set to hear from SABC Sport, the announcement of the South African Olympic team for the Tokyo Olympics. Look at the vibe, look at the ambience, and we have the integral part of sports. Where